This is Lex Lang. I am the voice of Dr. Neocortex, and you're listening to Nerd On. Nerd On. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve, and where all levels of nerd are welcome. Mm. Yay. Mm. So exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited. We I have too. A, This is a special day. It's our 101st episode. Yeah, sure. But more importantly, we have a guest in the studio. But everyone at home listening and watching, you've heard him portray Brian De Palma in Blockbuster, Major Von Reg. Is that how you say that? Von Reg? Mm-hmm. You look yeah. at him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a big Star Wars him. guy, yeah. so I'm like, hey. Um, Goimon. On Star Wars Resistance, Goimon and Lupin the Third, Poe Dameron and Han Solo on Star Wars Battlefront yeah. 2, Ghosts in the Shell, Blue Dragon, The Fate Slash Day series, Naruto, Bleach to Power Rangers Turbo in Space and Zio, and Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star. But close to the Nerd on Heart, the voice of War Greymon and your one of your favorites? Sanosuke, yeah. Whispers <laughs> <laughs> of Sanosuke, so Sanosuke. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everyone in between and outside, yeah. we have Lex Lang. Yeah. Hello. Bah, 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 bah. War Greymon. Very, very excited because it's uh you are a friend of a friend of the show, uh, Jeff Nimoy. And now a friend of the show. Now yeah. a friend yes. of the show. Yes. Jeffrey right. and I go way back. Um, but real quick, I'm Josh. I'm Corey. Ali. Caitlin. I'm Tom. And this episode is brought to you in part by the Nerdon Nation, powered by Patreon. Patreon. If you are new to what Patreon is, Patreon is a exclusive membership service in which you can support your favorite creators, say, I don't know, like Nerdon. Us? And for as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can support us and help keep the lights on. And Indeed. It, in return, you get stuff like this Discord server that is hopping all the time from gardening to comic books. You can talk about it all. You can get exclusive content that's never heard before but by you yeah all sorts of good stuff but check it out nice. nerdon.io backslash patreon sweet but well, let's what? get into the show. housekeeping is done that's it show. thanks <laughs> thanks so much lex for taking the time to be to hang out with a bunch of nerds absolutely in a room <laughs> birds <laughs> of a feather flock together you know? oh, oh, fellow nerds nerds of a feather flock yeah, together there you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you were one ahead of me there so, and i was like oh took you a sec it's but, all good i laughed last though yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna get this this started. If you if you check on your IMDb, you yes. have hundreds of credits. That's How did true. Acting, I think it's 384, something like that. And it's oh. it's various kinds of stuff. But yeah, yeah. What got, what what started it all? Like what? How did you get into voiceover and the industry and all that? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I was <laughs> I had my version and my share of jobs that were sort of you know crappy jobs mm-hmm. before I started mm-hmm. doing that. Shout mm-hmm. out. But I, I've been a I've been a voice actor. No, oh, I take that back. I've been an actor my entire life. 
So I started with film. No, I didn't. Let me go back again. <laughs> it's all lies. Choose no. your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. I started by accepting the Academy Award. Oh, of course. No, I started in stage acting as a kid. Oh. And even before that, I did little shows for my family during summertime. We had a pool in a backyard that was perfect for putting a drape up next to one of the windows, and it became our stage. Oh, nice. We nice. did little shows, and, you know, I realized once I made the family laugh that getting that sort of reaction from people was like my drug. You know, yeah. it was like, oh my God, I gotta have more of that. I need to have more <laughs> audience, you know, response. So as I got, I don't know, I think I was probably about 11 or 12, I started doing, you know, the, the chorus member in, in stage shows. Yeah. And by the time I got into high school, I was in all the theater productions of my high school. I was in Arizona at the time, Scottsdale. And then in college, I did uh, theater, and then I did a little bit of repertory theater after that. And then um, I moved to Los Angeles. I kind of took a left turn. Um, I was doing stand-up comedy. Ooh. Oh, wow. I, I did stand-up comedy for a few years. That's that's rough. That's like I feel like stand-up comedy is like you got to be really yeah. like on top of it and making new material. Yeah. And you get yeah. like your ass handed to you. And yeah, like, you, you know, do. You know, yeah. Most of the time, you know, knock on wood, it was all good. All it, was, uh, it was great audience response. Good. And I incorporated some impressions and things like that in my act. A little, and, little Arnold? No, it was kind of pre-Arnold. <laughs> um, I, was, I was younger then. It was kind of like I did some takes on Elvis and I was like one of the first Christopher Walken oh. impressionists that was oh, ever out there. Before he became something that everybody did, I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Before it was cool. Before it was cool. And then once it became <laughs> cool, I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I, I was like, forget it. No. <laughs> you know, um, and um, from there, I went to a music school in Los Angeles called the Musicians Institute, oh, which nice. is Am in I? Hollywood. Yeah. Am I? Yeah. I went to the, to get the guitar school. See, I can... I can pronu pronounce things and speak you can, you can <laughs> words for a mic. living. Yeah, I can work a mic once in a while. <laughs> um, but anyway, I went to the guitar school. And um, while I was there, um, I became the spokesman for the school. Oh, interesting. So anytime someone was interested in going to the school, they would call and ask for information to be sent to them. And they would send this video that had me as the spokesman of the school on camera with my hair down to my waist. Like I had super long hair. I mean, I wonder if one of those Playing is floating the part. around somewhere. Yeah. You know, and doing the uh, host kind of thing like Hollywood, California, the entertainment capital of the world. And here in the heart of Hollywood is the Musicians Institute, you know, that kind of nice. thing. Nice. And um, so I was doing that for a while. And um, that was my official very first voiceover that I did on the video. But that I didn't think about becoming a voice actor ever. Um, I got called, or not me, but this, the MI, MI got called to uh, see if they could send somebody to a set of a movie called Rich Girl mm. to show the actors that were supposed to be rock and rollers how to hold the guitar and how to do windmills and jump off the amps and that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. And, oh, cool. and so, yeah, <laughs> how to be gangster. <laughs> and um, so because I was the spokesman for the school, they said, well, we'll send you out there to do it. So I was showing this guy, Don Michael Paul, as a uh, regular on-camera actor, how to do some things. And then, then I showed the guy who was playing the guitar player who really didn't even know how to hold the guitar. He just looked awkward holding a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was, like, I was like, you got to do this. Okay, and then jump and then flip your arm, you know. And and while I was doing that, the director said, hey, 
are you an actor by chance? And I said, I am by chance. And he said, how'd you like to have this role? You know, and the guy oh. who was the guitar player was like, what the? Oh, yeah. oh, you know? And he goes, no, don't worry. You still keep your scenes and your lines. We're making you the keyboard player now. We'll put a keyboard <laughs> right, behind and stuff. But, you know, uh, Lex will be the guy. You're the guitar guy. guy now. Yeah, so I'm the guitar guy now. Wow. So, so I started um, on camera there doing the guitar stuff. And I became friends with this guy named Bentley Mitchum. Who is Robert Mitchum's grandson? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, he's a famous actor from the 50s and 60s. Hmm. He used to have a big campaign of like, beef, it's what's for dinner. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. the same yeah. with the, the beef thing. Um, so, anyway, um, Bentley ended up getting a lead in a movie called Suzy Q. Oh, which oh was, yeah. yeah. To the double J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, Amy Jo Johnson. Yep. There yeah. you go. And so we were all at sushi one night and we had had a little bit of sake and, and oh, we were walking back to the hotel and I started doing my stand-up routine from a couple of years earlier. And I was doing all these different kinds of characters and stuff and Amy said, gosh, you would make a great voice actor. And I was like, like what? What do voice actors do? I mean, all the cartoons I'm watching don't have a lot of voices on them. You know, it's like mm -hmm. Tom and Tom Jerry, Jerry, you know, mm -hmm. right. Bunny, all yeah. those kind of things. And Mel Blanc, you know, who's going to compete with Mel Blanc? You know, not me. And so um, she said, no, like there's loop groups. And, you know, I work on this show called The Power Rangers. And we have a loop group every week that does all the background people. And oh, like every man. villain in The Power Rangers has a voice that's a voice actor because the guys are in the suit aren't doing the voices. Mm -hmm. And I was like, gosh, if you could introduce me to somebody, that would be awesome. And so she introduced me to Scott Page Pagter, who is uh, was the it's producer. Like the voice actor dream. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, awesome, you know. And so I started doing looping uh, in the loop group for Power Rangers. That's kind of how wow. I got my start. And um, I did that for a little while. And an interesting kind of segue story, I guess, because I, I saw... I, I was privy to the questions. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're back of, the curtain. Pull <laughs> back the curtain a little um, bit. But I, I think uh, you mentioned Sandy. Sandy Fox, another fantastic, shout out, prolific voice actor, mm -hmm. is my wife. And right around that same time as I started doing um, Power Rangers, um, we met. And it's a, it's a fun story, so I'll tell it. Yes, um, please, please do. My name Lex comes from my middle name, which is Alexis. Mm. Okay. Oh. So it's Alexis Lang, is, you know, that's my middle name and last name. But my first name is Walter. Mm -hmm. Oh. And I kid you not, every single person that I ever met from the time I was like born <laughs> until I was like 20 or something, I'd say, My name is Walter. And then they'd tilt their head and they'd go, mm? You don't, you don't look, look like, like a Walter. Walter. <laughs> yeah. wow. I'd say, you don't look like a Walter. So I, I got really tired of saying, well, now you know what they look like and shaking their hands. <laughs> you know, and, That's a good response. You That's know, good. Now you know what they look like. And, and so um, I started going by Alexis initially after I switched out of Walter. Mm -hmm. And so if we rewind a little, um, <laughs> while I was still Walter, I went and visited a friend of mine in Northern California, um, uh, and then my brother Richard lived up in Mendocino, California. And so I nice. went up to stay with him for a little bit. And there was this woman and her husband, this woman named Victoria, that were really good friends with my brother. And so at dinner we talked and she found out that I was uh, doing this Power Rangers show. And she said, oh, okay, that's cool. And, and cool. Uh, then she <laughs> got divorced by her husband and then she moved to Los Angeles and she became friends with Sandy. Oh. And I was living in Venice Beach at the time, and she and Sandy would call um, 
they leave an, a message on my answering machine pretty much once a week for I think it was probably six months. Oh, they'd call and say. Hey, yeah, answering machines, they're a thing of the past. Yeah. <laughs> no, voicemail now. The days where you were like, oh, I can hear this person's voice. Um, now it's text. My beeper's right. going off just a second. Right, right, my pager. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they would leave this message. Hey, Walter, we're going to be going salsa dancing this week. Do you want to join us? And in my mind, I'm like, oh, I so turned the Walter page a while ago. It's, a, it's Alexis now. And I've been going by that for like at least a year, you know, and I'm I'm not really into that, but yeah, okay, I'll go, I'll meet you guys. And sure enough, Tuesday night, I'm supposed to be going out with them on Wednesday, something else would come up. Oh, oh and no. And I'd cancel over and over and over and over every and over week. and over Fate. again. Every week, Fate right? <gasps> you know, and so um, they would have a joke. You know how there was the Where's Waldo thing? Uh-huh. And they'd be like, Where's, Where's Walter? Because you know, oh, I'd never be there, you know, I'd never show up. And Late so, Lex. <laughs> Late Lex. So, um, so anyway, um, not set up by Victoria, I got invited to a party in the Hollywood Hills for a Sports Illustrated swimsuit calendar launch or something at this giant house. You were in the calendar, right? Yeah, I was in the bikini. Yeah, yeah. Photo. just the thong. You should oh. see those pictures. Internet, find it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I got invited to this party, and and. There were probably 2,000 people at the party. And this was back when, this was like 24 years ago. And this was when black was the the coolest thing you could possibly wear. You know, you heard (laughs) orange is the new black, whatever, you know. It was like black was what you wanted to be wearing. And so every single person at this party. Oh, no. Well, I won't say every single, but let's say 95% of the people were dressed in like some kind of cool black thing with a black shirt, black jacket, whatever. And I walked around and I collected a few I was single at the time you know and I collected a few phone numbers and then nice. I went upstairs and walked around it like sardines though like not just like cruising through the hall like we were literally rubbing it's like yeah. you know hall h at San oh, Diego oh, kind of oh no like where you're really <laughs> oh, you know serious yeah. <laughs> too and, real too real <laughs> yeah too real and so um after that I was like sweating and I was like I got to get outside and sit down for a little while and outside they have a band playing by the pool and all this and there's this big group of people sit standing and I noticed there were like some chair legs that were kind of visible through the people's <laughs> legs and I was like oh oh excuse me and I I parted the sea of black you nice. know excuse me and sitting in this chair was this pretty lady dressed oh. in this beautiful red oh. floral oh. Asian print and I was oh like hi goodness. what's your name and she said <laughs> Sandy and I go hi I'm Alexis nice to meet you so we started talking and we got to know each other a little and you know if you, if anyone for anyone that knows Sandy she has a very high voice it's very childlike but touch I, coma Betty Boop touchy coma Betty Boop Hello Kitty you know those kinds mm-hmm. of Chibi things. Moon Chibi Moon yeah for Sailor Moon and uh, I didn't notice that it was high for some reason it didn't like pop my ear going wow that's gotta take some getting used to you know like I didn't <laughs> notice that and. So we sat down, we were talking for a while, and, and um, she says, so uh, what, do you, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I'm a musician, and, and I play in the rock and roll band, and when I'm not doing that, I, I sort of part-time sell door-to-door. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, but I just started this job, you know, six months ago where I'm working on this show called The Power Rangers uh-huh. as in this loop group, and she goes, do you know this guy named Walter? Oh, my God! <laughs> Oh and I go, why? <laughs> Did he do something wrong? What's going on? <laughs> and she goes, no, my friend's been trying to set me up with him for months Whoa. and we can never get it. And I go, Walter and I are like this, you know, and I cross Whoa. my fingers. Oh, you know, my like God, Walter, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I pulled the Batman forever on her. And so, you know, and then I was trying to push the boundary a little, saying, you know, Walter, he's just so talented. You know, it's very hard to think I could be as talented as him someday. And what a good looking guy, too. And then she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And I had this business card in oh my, my jacket goodness. pocket and I handed it to her. And it was an old business card that I had that said Walter Alexis Lang on it. And so I handed it to her and she screamed. She's like, oh. <gasps> And she grabbed my hand. She pulled me to the phone because we did, not everybody had a cell phone nice. at that time. She pulled me to the phone. We called our friend Victoria, and she said, you never guess who I met. And so uh, <laughs> that was 23 years ago. That's and, awesome. Uh, we've, been together. we've been married for f- going on 15 years. Wow. Actually, 15 years already we've been married. Must be nice. Wow. Yeah. That's a great story. Sounds mm-hmm. like it is. The most yeah. Thing. yeah so. oh this small world. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's I mean, like was, the best, most magical parted the sea of black, and there she was in a red floral dress. Isn't that beautiful? But the cell is when you're like, oh, I know that guy. That's like a script, right? Bruce Wayne, Wayne Batman. Oh God, yeah, and you know, she was, it was great because even though I started because of Amy Jo Johnson helping me get that initial job, wow. it was really Sandy who got my career in shape because, you know, I didn't have a demo at the time. I didn't have any business cards. You know, at the you mentioned pagers. You know, yeah. at the time I did not have a pager. Can't hit me on the hip. You can't hit me on the hip. You couldn't hit me anywhere. You know, so my agent wanted to, <laughs> my agent wanted me. He was like, you know, send smoke signals or something. You know, they couldn't they couldn't do it. So, uh, she got me a pager and we made a demo. And um, you know, she she said, well, you know, what's your like? What are your abilities and your gifts? And like, what? How can we m- monopolize on what you can do? And I said, well, I can make my voice sound like other people. So she said, why don't, why don't we make a business card that is like celebrity voice match specialist and we'll Ooh. hand it to the, the editors of all the studios and when they need a temp dub or they need some kind of you know, fill-in scratch, for celebrity, ADR scratch track, yeah. ADR, that kind of thing. And right away, I started working doing, wow. doing that kind of thing and just all these wow. different movies, you know. That's crazy. That's wow. William Hurt and Antonio Banderas and all these different guys. Whoa. And uh, so... You know, I, I, I credit Amy Jo Johnson a lot, but I really give the, the meat of the credit to, to Sandy because she she really, like, got me in line with yeah. what it takes to... She was with ICM, you know, she had a big oh, nice. uh, big agency and she was working wow. all the time. And so she showed me the ropes. What a sweetheart. Awesome. Yeah, oh, as you awesome. have found out. Yeah, <laughs> you should marry her. Yeah, for oh, real. Sounds like a swell <laughs> girl. Too late. <laughs> Who's next? Very Who's cool. Got so, yes. Diggity. I'm, I'm going to cherish that story. I think that's so cool. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, in your story about how you started like loop grouping. I mean, for those who are, quote, uninitiated, what what is a loop group? If you could explain that to our audience. Well, a loop group is a, a group of like eight to 20 actors. It's usually about eight of them that come in after it's called in post-production. It's after a film has been edited or a television show has been edited. Um, when they shoot the initial film, let's say it's a restaurant scene between two people Mm -hmm. and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Caan talking at a restaurant. And so they shoot the wide shot where they see the two guys and their entire table. And there's a bar behind them and all kinds of people and a bartender and people moving around. (laughs) And then they shoot the single shot onto James Caan and there's like three guys behind him and the bartender. And then they, they spin it around and they shoot over his shoulder to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. And there's another table of people eating and there's a waiter that comes up to that table well, when they're when they're shooting that scene, all of the extras are pantomiming. They're just quiet because if they weren't being quiet, then every time they would make a cut from the wider shot to the closer up shot, you'd hear an audio idiosyncrasy. It'd be like, eh, uh, 
you'd hear yep. these yeah. cuts, you know. <clears throat> so what they do is after it's completely edited, they bring in a group of voice actors to be all the voices and the presence of the people in the background. So they'll do like a big bed of like, they call it a bed where it's just like all eight actors will be up on the mic and they'll be like, okay, this is the restaurant. Start having conversations with each other like you would in a restaurant. And some people may be talking about food, others talking about relatives or whatever. And they put that really, really low in the mix. You know, I call it minus 30 dB acting. That's actually probably when I'm mixing where I put it. Yeah, yeah. so it's like <laughs> dropped out completely. So you don't really hear side stories of people visiting or any of that stuff. But it creates a presence that is, you know, makes the scene ambiance. believable, the ambiance. Ambiance. And then if there's a like a waiter or a bartender and you see the guy's face and he's like, here you go, you know, then they'll do that as what's called an incidental. They'll, they'll get one one actor to be that person hmm. and then you know loop groups also will do like for power rangers it was most of the time it was us running for our lives from a monster <laughs> right. or something. of yeah. course <laughs> as you do in the power ranger universe yeah and um but whenever you hear like a police radio or an announcement or a pa in a, in a hospital or um you know anything on the radio or when you hear people that aren't the principal actors like in a mm -hmm. helicopter you've got a police helicopter flying over and you hear like the you know uh sir we still see the suspects they're traveling down 17th street now heading west you know that's usually a voice actor that's in the loop group that's, right yeah it's done that so, so you oh sorry I'll, i i was smiling through all of that because when i first moved out to la i did some background acting and i was in those scenes which i thought it was hilarious that it was at a bar. There's supposed to be a bunch of people. They'd record one of us making that initial like sound bed. Right. But then the rest of it, you're dead silent. So my question for you as being the one who loops things, what's maybe some of the more frustrating things you've had to deal with with background people who are prominent in the scene that you have to give a voice to? Because the things that I normally said were like, absolutely inane things that had nothing to do with so if you have lip flaps that are like you know you're talking about the lunch you had where you're like oh the cheetos were super stale at lunch right like you can't really make that part of the scene so was mm -hmm. there something that you'd come across that it seemed kind of memorable well what always seems memorable is when there's a an extra who's hamming it up a little too yes, much. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> what there's I that mean. one person that's just like their jaws jabbering away blah, 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 you know and so if at a certain point, you you can sort of tell what they're saying by reading their lips, right. but there's other times where you can't, and you're just like, okay, well, let's just loop across their flaps, they call it, the flaps. And so, um, you know, again, and it's minus 30 dB, so by the time it gets brought out, brought down, sometimes the editors will choose a different angle cut because they're like, that person in the background is so distracting. Obnoxious. It's obnoxious, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to have to put something in, but it has to be sort of generic enough not to draw the ear, you right. know, that kind of thing. So um, there's been a couple of those. Um, but usually we try to to soften the the blaring. Noticeability, noticeability. of it. Noticeability, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say with your story with Arnold Schwarzenegger, James Collins, like were you, are, are you secretly telling us that you're doing the loop group for Eraser? Uh, well, no, a friend of mine. You know what's funny? The reason that's that's good. You're, you're very good. Um, Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the uh, a friend of mine that I met over the years through Bentley again, my friend Bentley, uh, is Frank Capra Jr., oh. who was the second AD on that film. Yeah. And so while he was shooting that film, we were more in contact. So that tells you when the last time I talked to him was. <laughs> uh, but we were in contact pretty frequently around that time. And he said, hey, we're shooting in Santa Monica. Why don't you come down and you can just hang out on the set, you know, sit in the vid- little video area that we have that's right on set. And it was in a restaurant, and that was what was being shot that day was the scene between... And, and I hadn't become really a voice actor at that point. Yeah. Right. Because no, when you said James Conner, I was like, I know that movie. I know, <laughs> I know that movie. Yeah, Tom's light bulb went off. <laughs> so, eraser. Uh, you mentioned lip flaps here and there. Uh, and we know that uh, you're very famous in voiceover, but also for doing animation and Western uh, animation as well. Yes. So just a little distinction. What is, what's the like pros and cons of each of those as opposed to like dubbing over Japanese animation or something like Justice League? Well, the pros for sure on Western animation are that you get to work with the entire cast. You sit what they call theater style, mm-hmm. and everybody has their own mic, kind of like we're doing here, but we'd have our own. You know, we're uh, professionals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing Western podcasting. <laughs> we don't have to dub over the Japanese. Um, but you sit uh, and you get your own music stand with your script on it, and then there's a read through of the entire script. And. Um, Usually during that read-through, you'll go scene by scene, and the director, in in my case, most of the time it was Andrea Romano, who was like, <gasps> yes, she's a great one. I love her. She's, she's amazing. She she's, really gave me my break in um, in in Western animation too. Yeah. Um, oh wow! She, I met her at a wedding. <laughs> And again, my friend Bentley Mitchum coming in. You know, <laughs> oh, look at that! <laughs> Shout out. He's a dear friend. You know, one of, he's like a brother to me, and. Um, he, uh, he, I guess it was his cousin or somebody that was getting married, and so he invited me as his guest to this wedding in Santa Barbara, and I got placed, or we got placed, at a table that was at Andrea Romano's table, and wow. we never talked about voice acting or voiceover or anything once. We just became friends. We talked about you know music and art and the, the people at the wedding. It was kind of a funny wedding, and, and I played some music at the wedding, so we talked about music, and... And at the end, we were just like, hey, we got to stay in touch somehow, you know, and, and often that doesn't really ever lead to anything. You're just like, we'll have lunch someday. Bye. Never see you again, you know. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. um, But um, my agent, once I had an agent, submitted me for something. I think it was on The Batman was one of the first ones I did. Oh. And um, Susan Chico and Andrea were, were casting this and um, they cast me in it. And when I came in, she's like, do you remember me? And I was like, I... I do, but I, I've never been to WB before. Like, where do we know each other from? She's like, that wedding in Santa Barbara. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course, you know. And from that point on, they both uh, have cast me in, you know, pretty much all the big WB shows thereafter. Wow. Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Legion of Superheroes. My childhood, kind of some would say. Yeah, yeah. I used to hate when people said that, you know, like, you, you're my childhood. But then I realized, you know, I've been doing this 24 years now. I hope I, hope I was somebody's child. Right, you know? right, like, right. Yeah. Comes a point where you go, okay, it makes, like, makes sense. You know, two years in, it's like, hey, you know, but 24 years in, it's like, oh, get it. It actually gives me a really good feeling to hear that, you know, people listen to the different shows that I was a part of as part of their childhood, as part of like, you know, looking forward to getting up on Saturday morning and putting on yeah. Digimon or, or Justice League or whatever it might be. Yeah. To, to go like, wow, this I got to catch this cartoon. You know, this is it. Yeah. That's know, awesome. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's the Western side. Oh, yeah, and thank you. how <laughs> is the... Uh, oh, digress. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, tangents are great. <clears throat> yeah. But 
But tell us about the anime. So, yeah, so the anime stuff and any foreign dubbing, for those of you who don't know how it's done out there, is um, it's already been animated and it's already been voiced. So we're doing an English adaptation of it. We're doing the English-speaking version of it. And so usually you work alone because you can't have a whole group of people that are like winging it, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can, but it'll be pure it's chaos. Really it's, it's, chaos. Yeah, it's really bad. It's chaos. I don't know. Here he comes. Oh, he said it again. You know. And we work with something called the beeps, which uh -huh. are a series of three beeps. And then we're, we say our line at the imaginary fourth beep. So it's doot, doot, doot. Now I'm talking, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, usually what we'll do is um, sort of a disadvantage of anime or foreign dubbing is that we go from, they call them loop numbers. So like, let's say there's 300 loops in one episode. Okay. If I come in as a character, say Sonosuke, and mm -hmm. I come in yes. and they, they'll say, okay, your first loop is at loop 87. And the director will tell me what happened between 1 and 86. They'll be ah. like, okay, here's what happened. And Sano's coming in and he wants to eat something before they go to fight or whatever <laughs> it might be, you know. And then I say my line. And they go, okay, your next loop is loop 138. So we're going to shoot up to 138 and you'll do that. And then they'll say, okay. And then he doesn't come back until 228. And so they'll tell me a little bit. So we depend a lot on the director of a show. Telling you the story. Telling, telling us the story. And also, you know, giving us insight on what that character is about. Mm -hmm. You know, we right. see we usually see a picture, if not the actual anime that we're watching. And then the other thing that happens is we listen to the Japanese, not to copy it, but to see what the emotional content Understand. is. Right. Preview. Yeah, we preview the Japanese. But, you know, some people think you preview it so that you copycat what the Japanese actor did. Not at all. It's the good dubs anyway are to catch what the emotional content is of what's happening in the story. It informs you. It informs yeah. us emotionally because you don't have to speak another language to understand the emotions that are going on in that language. Right. You know, if someone's going, oh, you know, you can tell they're mad. If someone, oh, you know, you whatever it might be. I don't speak Japanese, so I apologize for anyone so out there. <laughs> but yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, makes so sense. so that there's it's an interesting challenge, honestly, to, to what it sounds like. I mean, yeah. it, it sounds. Challenging, but at the same time, kind of like an interesting challenge. To be like, all right, how do I take this interpretation of the story and kind of make it my own? Yeah, and what's also challenging is the writing. Um, oh boy! Because what happens is the there's an an original uh, translation that's done. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing, and that original translation is given to an English adaptation writer, so that it matches the flaps of the animation oh, right. or the mouth flaps. You know, we call them flaps. And if it's good writing then the actor can act. He doesn't have to be concerned about, like, what is the mouth doing there? And is it going too short or too long? If, like, it's a good written script, mm -hmm. a well-written script, you can just read and, and act and not have to be focusing too much on what the mouth is doing. But it is very technical, and there's a lot of shorthand that are in the scripts. Like, there's a forward slash, for example, that means you take a beat because the mouth is going to close for, like, a quarter second. And there's an upside down carrot sort of thing, like an upside down V that we call a carrot, that is like a, a quarter flap close. It's like it closes Whoa. for a second. A hitch. A hitch. Right? It's, yeah, yeah. it's like a hitch. So the, hmm. the, the real quote unquote hitch is that forward slash. It's right. a hitch. And so when you're reading the script, if it's a long paragraph, usually it's broken down into a few loops. But if it's not, it might just be like, we're here, forward slash, 
are you going to be able to join us? Carrot, we're hoping so. Carrot, you know, like, and you see, so there's all that kind of shorthand. That's very, it's almost it's just music. Information. Yeah. Like yeah. music. This, this is a rest. This exactly. Is a, that's a, a really whole good rest. That's like, very, <laughs> that was very really good. good. I'm using that from now on. You're, you are welcome. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's like it's like reading, you know, sheet music and being able to act at the same time, you mm-hmm. know. So um, that's the challenging part of it. Right. Um, I don't even know how to read. Right. <laughs> That's the and the other thing me. is you, when you come in for an anime role or a foreign dubbing role, you haven't seen the script before. Mm. It's a cold, you're like cold acting. Mm. And that's why you want to draw from everything you're seeing from the Japanese performance, especially the emotional side of it, yeah. so that you can replicate the emotions within that script. And if you know how to read, you know, it really is voice acting. Yeah. Because they say like, you know, you got a funny voice, you should be a voice actor. It's like, no, not unless you love acting and right. that's what you want to do for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, with the, you know, 300 different characters you've played yeah, yeah. Uh, on credits you've had, uh, is there a specific character that you found that you liked the most or one that you were like, really, that's like, it's actually your own voice that you didn't have to like put on a voice or anything like that? Or I'm asking the gamut of questions. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, there's a lot of different genres that I do. Also, mm-hmm. I do a lot of video games. You know, I do Western animation. Um, I do the anime stuff. Um, Sano has always been a favorite mm. because... There you go, Corey. You know, <laughs> there you go, I just Corey. need to hear that. <laughs> I feel complete. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're done, as always. <laughs> For a couple reasons. One, it was like one of the first larger roles that I ever had as an anime voice actor. It was I had done a bunch of kind of ancillary roles, um, you know, secondary characters... Um, on, a, on a bunch of different projects before then, but this was one where like he's one of the main characters, you know. And um, but I, I was happy with that because he was in so many episodes. His actual character could arc. Yeah. yeah. He he started as like this guy all he was about was fighting, and it was just a big you and know. And then the opium. So angry. <laughs> yeah, he was he was this angry fighter for hire. You Why know, are you so angry, like, Lex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then. By the end, you know, his heart developed more. You know, he he cared about the other characters, and he was uh, had a little more humor that could come through his performance. Mm-hmm. Well, he would get a couple episodes that are just him and yeah. his story, yeah. and that's why I brought the whole opium thing with his yeah. friend who came. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That girl, he fell in love with. And yes. he was like, What's his opium? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> he, turned, he, he almost he turns into like the best dude in the show. I was like, like I thought 100%. this was Roman Kenshin. That's an awesome show. It's, it's yeah, there. yeah. So that was that was a really super cool one. Um, and then because I am also a nerd, yes. there are shows that when I got the part, it was like, dream come true, ding, ding, ding. You know, right. you know, to, to be able to play Batman for anything is, I mean, we all bow to Kevin Conroy, of course. You yeah. know, he's our, <laughs> right. you know, the, the mega, mecha Batman. Um, but um, there was a, there's a show called uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. Hammers of Justice. Mm, yes. And I don't play Batman in that. Uh, Diedrich Bader, Bader. Oh, plays so Batman, Batman in that. Batman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a different he superhero. Batman. Uh, no, um, so Diedrich plays him. But there's a story arc called Knights of Tomorrow where Alfred is telling the story when Batman got older, he gives his cape and cowl to Robin who becomes Batman in order to fight Joker's grandson. Mm-hmm. And so my agent sent me the script and said, oh, hey, by the way, the character you're playing this time is Batman. And I was like, well, no, Diedrich Bader's Batman. No, no, it's a story about where he gets... Just go with it, Lex. Just go with it. Just go with it. (laughs) It's Batman. So, yeah, it's Batman. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And I hung up the phone and then I started screaming like a girl running around my house. (laughs) Of course, Batman. 
yeah. And then there's a scene where the Joker's grandson looks up at a ledge. There's like clouds and thunder clapping and lightning going on behind Batman. And and he says, who do you think you are? You know, and the line is, I'm Batman. (laughs) So I'm walking around my house like, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. You know, and like I'm doing all these different like versions of it. That's the line. That's, that's the, the line. line. I'm Batman. Yeah. You know, and I was walking around. I swear, I must have done it six hundred times. Oh know? my god! And then I get to the session, and I get to that part, and like, who do you think you are? And I'm like, I'm Batman. And then Andrea goes, oh, oh, hold on a second, Lex. Um, remember, this is Robin. <laughs> and so, you know, he, he is still, you know, he has a lot of masculinity and everything because he's taking on the cape and cowl for Batman and he's still very rugged and everything. But pitch your voice up a little bit because, oh. you know, it's not quite as rugged. So I was like, I'm Batman. And she's giving me the thumbs up saying, <laughs> signal, like not thumbs up as in that's perfect, but thumbs higher. up as in higher. higher. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm Batman. And she's like, higher. And I'm like, I'm Batman. <laughs> she's like, higher. And I'm like, I'm Batman. <laughs> and she's like, that's it. That's it. Oh, no. And I was like, okay. You know, and then I watch it back and it's great. Because when we record it, I'm like, I'm Batman. You know, like, and it's higher pitched and everything. Right. And I, I got to say it. And it was cool because I think, I don't know if it's eight or nine people, but when I said the line in the actual recording, the recording stopped and everybody in the booth stood up and they they applauded Aww. and they said, you're one of, you know, less than a dozen people who've ever said that here at the Warner Brothers Studios, you know? Wow. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it cool, and as soon as you again. leave, you're like, oh my. But I, I, I think I did start crying a little bit. Like, not that they noticed, but like my eyes started swelling up with water, you know, just with tears sweating and, out of your that's eyes. Huge, though, man. That's, a- like, that's huge, you know. So, like, as far as Western animation roles, like, that's one. I also am Batman for Mattel. So, any of the toys oh. that you see at, you know, Walmart oh, or whatever, you, that's you, cool. You push the button on their stomach or you make their wings come up. It's like, you're no match for me, Joker. You know, that kind of stuff. So you are people's childhoods. So I am people's childhoods. When you're playing, you know, flying around the toy, the the 10 or 12-inch toy, that's that's me. The third uh, Batman that has been on Nerd On. Yeah. Yeah. We had Reno. We had had Kevin. Oh, you had Kevin? Wonderful. Yeah. 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 And also, technically, our first Nightwing and our first Robin. Because when we played Dick Grayson, you're all... Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's exciting. Gotta catch them all. That's really exciting. Gotta catch them all. Entire Bat family. So that's like a role that I really, really was thrilled to be. I call it batman adjacent because you know it just was like you know the great thing about that show was like it was brave and the bold run so it was just all the guest starring stuff that happens in batman's storylines in the comics all the wacky and fun stuff like they had the batman of the other planet czar and whatever and yeah, yeah. conroy voice time. yeah so it's like everyone that could have been batman could have lived there and all that stuff and you know like kevin conroy is also going to have finally a live action appearance as batman so very cool that'd oh, be know. cool that is cool so yeah speaking of like a wider like gamut of work. I'm curious, like what the process is for voicing it. Like as far as like difference between a video game voiceover versus a show. Like, do you prefer one experience over the other? What are some interesting challenges between like the two? I prefer Western animation yeah. in general because I'm in a room with other actors, right? And I'm always sort of amazed with the other actors that I'm in the room with. Well, it comes from like your theater background, right? Yeah, theater. That's where you started. Exactly. Yeah. The ensemble, working off each other. The ensemble and they're working off each other, and then yeah. in between takes, it's like there's so many. Ta- like Curious George, for example. I'm I'm sitting in a room with Frank Welker. Oh. Oh and ne- wow. next to him is Jeff Bennett. For those of you who don't know, Jeff is like the utility knife of everything animation. <laughs> he can do anything. He can do any impression. He can do any voice. If you're listening, Jeff, 
kudos to you, man. I mean, he, I, I really admire, I admire every one of them, but like I'm sitting there and then next to him is Reno. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sitting in the chair after that. And then next, next to me is Jim Cummings and wow. then Whoa. Rob Paulson sitting Whoa. next to him. And then after that, wow. it's E.G. Daly. And then after that, Whoa. it's Tara Strong or whoever, you know. <laughs> and, and, so, and so I'm sitting there kind of like pinching myself, you know, and I know it's 24 years of experience and I know that I do a good job yeah. and, and I'm, I'm blessed, you know, and they all are always telling me what a good job I do, but I feel like, you know, bowing to all mm. of them as I enter the but room. You're like, you. I love you. I love you guys. <laughs> you know, so that's a thrill. So, you know, yeah. in the ensemble side of it, it's always like, you know, I was talking with Billy West once and we said that um, doing any show at that level is like a master class. You just come mm. in and you just watch these other actors perform and you're like, this is why they're the people's childhoods. Well, I'm sure that also like makes your performance even better because yeah. you're around all this creative energy. Yeah. And, and every, everyone is so there. supportive. There. You know, you've probably heard this many times before, but on-camera people are more out for themselves, whereas the voiceover community Generous. is really to support each other. They're they're such a giving, yeah. loving yeah. community where they, you know, they root for you. And and they're the first to say, like, hey, if I can't do that, I think I know somebody who can, you know, and one of these other people in the room might mm-hmm. do it better or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's great. I think that's a great approach to that too. I mean the 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 minute you start getting, you know, that mundane feeling of being in a room like that is the minute you you lose that spark. So I think yeah. it's great that you still feel that way, even after the twenty four years of experience yeah. being like this is where I am. This is pretty fucking cool. That's like, it. <laughs> that's it. I, I really feel that way. I'm that's a great way to go going, through life. Man. This is amazing. Yeah. How did I get here? You know, it's, it's there's always that sort of disbelief in my my mind because as as actors and voice actors, I think there's always that little insecurity that oh, actors yeah. have. Actor insecurity. Yeah. It's like, are you sure you want to cast me? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're but sure. You're, the self doubt. Self doubt. The little self. Like, self-doubt I don't know. Nugget. I don't know if I would, yeah. but uh, if you yeah, want to cast yeah, me, that's yeah. fine. Um, I'd also like to just kind of switch to you talk about music a lot, and we yeah. watched Famish, and your your music is featured in there yes. quite a bit. Can you tell us a little bit about the the band? Um, well, I've been in different bands through the course of my musical career. Right now, I'm not in any band. Okay, um, but I'm a singer songwriter and producer, and so um, there's one song in particular that sort of I think Jeff Nemo even mentioned it. It's called "Bump That Body." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, a song that's sort of like during the the, the his his um, extravagant evening out, let's yes, call it. Yes. No spoilers here. <laughs> no spoilers. Um, it's a great movie though, and um, but that's when I just you know d- came up with the idea for the song and recorded it and called Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who's a super talented singer and she's a, just an all around super talent in general. Um, she's a director and a voice actress and stuff, and um, I called her and said. She, at the time, she was in a background singer for the band that I did have that was touring. And mm. um, I said, you got to come in and do the the hook line on this. And she came in and just knocked it out of the park. And uh, when she came in, she was like, my voice is kind of raspy today because I've been yelling at this voiceover session. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and she sings this section. You could go to, uh, let's see, you can go to iTunes, I think, and look it up. Uh, it's called Bump That Body. And, and the band name that was uh listed for that was called nimbo blue n-i-m-b-o-b-l-u-e nimbo blue so go look it up listen to it i think it's on spotify too might be yeah uh talking a little bit about famish as well you know we we had a, a little mini screening as well and then we had jeff on the show talking about it 
uh, I mean, kind of talking about the experience with that, you know, like, it, you know, finding out a little bit behind the scenes of like, it was, you know, getting away with like an Ocean's Eleven heist of how you're going to shoot this film. How, right. how was your experience on it? Well, it was it was cool. You know, Jeff came up to me and and we've been friends for a long time. We started like we were talking just I saw him the other night. We have a group of friends that have been playing cards with each other. We play poker every Thursday night for nice. years, decades now. And uh, he joined our our game the other night and we were sort of reminiscing and we were like, God, how long have we known each other? What was the first job? He goes, he goes, I hired you for my very first person I could hire as a voice actor in something he was producing. And I guess, wait, whose wife is was doing? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. It was called Bonnie. Chimp Lips Theater, I oh. think was the name of this show. Chimp Whoa. Lips Theater. And one of the particular, I don't know, little vignettes in it was about Gulliver's Travels. And they wanted somebody who could do uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, okay. So, mm. I, like, I had so, a question about that. So, yeah. So, um, I guess uh, there was someone, there was a friend of ours named Rita, who's a sweet lady, that recommended me. And then Jeff hired me, and we did it. And that's kind of how I be- knew him. And um, But anyway, fast forward. I had seen Jeff. Uh, I ran into him, again, at a sushi place. <laughs> uh, Sushi's I, very I popular sushi. here. It's sushi and belly are good for me. Yeah, yeah. everyone go to a sushi. <laughs> And he told me that, you know, he had had uh, some medical problems. He had had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like, it hit me so hard, you know, like a friend telling you, I had a brain tumor. And you're like, oh, my God, you know. So I was, like, tearing up. And I was like, well, Jeff, if you need anything ever, you just give me a call. I'm here for whatever you need. And he goes, well, you know what? I may call you about something. So he called me a couple weeks later. And he said, I've got this part in this movie I'm writing. And I'd like you to, I'd like you to play it. And I was like, great, what's the part? And he says, it's it's the part of Lex Lang. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I think I could probably do that. And he's like, well, in this film, you know, it's not you. It's a fictional version of you, and it has specific characteristics. You know, I guess I could do spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. In this film, I, I, I have a daughter, which I don't have in real life, mm-hmm. and that's a part of the plot of the film. But um, – so he said, everyone's everyone's turned me down so far to be in this movie. And I said, well, I'm not going to turn you down. So count me in, you know. So um, a few months later, he sent me a script. And then he also said, you know, Lex, I like your music and stuff. Why don't we sit down together? And if I can just listen to sort of like your library of what you've got, maybe we can pick a few songs out of it. And yeah. um, then there were some scenes that in the script that I read that I said, you know, this is kind of a, a touching scene in the script. Are you open to me doing, you know, little composing of, of like soundtrack stuff? And he's like, absolutely. You know, Jeff is a oh, really, awesome. really yeah. good guy. Yeah, I'm sure you know that because he's been on your show. But um, so that side of it was really cool. And then you know they shot like 70 pages in five days. I think it was some crazy. So like 25 yeah. pages in a day. Sometimes, like my god. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was like, well, they were a crack team. Everybody on his team really knew what they were doing and again it was a real supportive group so everyone was willing to be everything okay i need someone to hold the boom right now okay i need someone to run this camera while the director the the dp is over here shooting this thing you know and like everyone was like a team player so it wouldn't have worked if if people would have been like well no 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 i do boom and that's all i do you know it, it was right. like mm-hmm. a super team that was shooting stuff and i told jeff that you know I'd be happy to be in anything he ever does again because I thought it came out so well. Did all of you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It was great to work on. Two times. I, I, I did the post production. Right. And he saw it four I times. I saw it 
several times and it just it was a joy to watch it every single yeah. time it wasn't one of those movies that you go oh i gotta do this one more time right like, right i just loved every second of it and the soundtrack was one of the parts where it's like oh no i really want to pump this a little bit yeah more. yeah <laughs> pump that body and did you do the little effects on like when he's spinning around and then it goes uh um, was that you did no you they that? they or actually they did that, that in the the first edit the and first then edit. I, I had to like you just mixed it i had to try to make it work in audio yeah and, yeah and mix it and whatnot so yeah, yeah. it was really yeah. cool the great job on the mixing too oh, just thank you yeah, was, it, was it was it much fantastic. of a challenge working like uh trying to film something in the middle of a convention with like like I, mean, I imagine you had like people coming up to you maybe during that or were people kind of understanding of what was happening yeah you know i think most Keeping of the, the people had been told that we were shooting a film yeah. and there were signs everywhere saying if you're walking around this area you're giving us permission to use you in to this movie, movie you know oh wow but big signs so you yeah. can't walk through the hall without realizing that you know mm -hmm. don't walk down this hall if you don't want to give us approval to use you in the movie and the yeah. the fans and the convention goers were also the extras too mm -hmm. so like when we had panel scenes it was the actual fans and the con goers that were nice. there that were being shot the only challenging part i would say is um just sort of the rapid fire of of shooting of the scenes mm -hmm. and everything was probably quick probably it was not quick a whole one or two takes yeah. one or two takes at the most yeah. most of the time one take one take and, wow. yeah. but jeff oh jeff and chris was who was the dp um they they really knew what they wanted so they would they'd know if it didn't work you know they right. they, they were mm -hmm. like that was perfect. Let's move on. And so, shouldn't we do it one more time? Because, you know, I, I wasn't pulling a Jim Carrey, like, right. let's do it 95 times. But I was like, sure you don't should want we just one more run at it? Because I think Be it may be a little, you know, nuance <laughs> or something. And the only thing Jeff wanted to shoot more than once, there was like our opening scene where we're talking with each other. Right. And, and he was like, yeah, you were on that show with me where Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he kept just throwing out different things. It's in the, <laughs> oh, so it was improv. It was improv. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was totally improv. Nice. So, you know, I, he was getting a kick out of us coming up with those improv funny lines and stuff. Doing and it, like impression acrobats. For right, him. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm his impression monkey. Um, <laughs> and uh, But it was it was really cool, you know, looking at it after the fact, because he sent me the link of the Vimeo or whatever, that I watched that scene, you know, where he's talking to the kid at the end about his mother mm. and all that stuff. And every single time I Tears. was tearing up. Tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to write music underneath it. <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> uh, speaking of improv, was it written or was that you? I'm going to war Graham on your ass? That was me. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tom's like, so we improvised happy to that hear little this. scene too. I was like, that's it. Where's my, where's my money? Where are you, where are it was like, I'm going to war Graham on your ass. Uh, and there was one I was, I think I said, I'm going to. Uh, Cut off your dingus. I think that was one. <laughs> there were a couple other ones that were not, um, not designed for. Speaking of being a, an impression monkey, um, no. So it's you even said so earlier that you're kind of like a voice match specialist. Yeah. Um, what's kind of the prep for that? Do you have certain voices that you do? Because I mean, if you look through your repertoire, you're matching like people like Han Solo. Or Poe Dameron, are, are these things that you already knew how to do, or did you have to take them on and just listen and listen and li like, what's the prep for something like that? Well, every single time I've been hired for any kind of voice match, anything, I listen and listen. And I break it down and I, I literally try to dissect the voice to the best of my ability. At the same time, as looking at many photographs of the person that I'm trying to emulate, because I, I really want to try to like 
get their physical being into my brain mm. at the same time. Um, but the process is um, the first thing I do is I try to listen to where in pitch the voice resides. So let, let's just say, for example, what we're doing is Sean Connery or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. The first, the first thing they'll do is they'll send me, usually they'll send me a couple of clips of what he's doing around the area that they need to add exposition or fix the audio. There's a generator in the back, there's traffic going, whatever it is that, you know, they don't want to bring him in for half a million dollars to fix three lines. They want to just oh. get somebody who can sound like him. Right. So they'll send me little clips of what it is that is surrounding the piece that I'm going to put in. So let's say for Sean Connery, like I listen and go, well, where's his pitch? Is it up near my voice? Hi, I'm Sean Connery. No, <laughs> it doesn't sound like that. And it's definitely, it, 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 it's, it's, where's the air now? After I, after I go pitch, I, okay, first pitch, I, I go, it's lower. It's probably down. It's like, nah, George Clooney. You know, it's like, you know, that, <laughs> wow. you know it's got that sort of uh, glottal stop. I call it like, uh, you right. can hear the yeah. actual glottal hits, you know. So that's where I start in pitch, and I go, okay, so it's sort of around here. I'm going to talk and just kind of fry the voice out. Does that sound like him? No, it doesn't sound like him. So the next thing I say, okay, what's, what's the air doing? Is, is, is the air slow, like that glottal stuff, or is it faster or airy? Like if I'm doing Charlie Sheen or somebody, then, you know, you got to hear the air that's kind of coming up. And so then, <laughs> so then you, know, oh. you know, I start thinking about Charlie Sheen or whatever. And I start, you know, so then you can hear the, the yeah. air part yeah. of it happen, right? That's so cool. I go, Sean Connery. Then it, does he have a, a music that happens in his voice? Mm -hmm. So, oh. <laughs> so like I'm listening. You know, so like I'm listening to the music. It doesn't even matter what he's saying. And then I say, okay, what's the next piece? Uh, it, do, do they have any specific sounds that are because of the way their mask or their face is designed? So if you're doing like Owen Wilson or somebody, what do you think of when you see Owen Wilson? If you're wow. looking at oh, Owen wow. Wilson, you hear <laughs> wow, right? But but what do you when you're looking at his physicality, what sort of pops out? The nose. His nose. nose. Yeah. So. You figure that sort of his nose is going to have an effect on his voice. You know, like, no, I would never do that. You know, like he's got sort of a thing that's happening and he's here. You know, so that's the pitch and the air and stuff again. So does Conway have anything? That's, so, so maybe he has this sort of suave facial expression that he has a lot of the time. <laughs> and then what else is happening? Is there any speech impediments or sounds that are happening? Well, a lot of people, and, and he actually does this, his... S's sort of sound more like SH's. And then he's got an accent, Scottish accent. Some, uh -huh. some people say it's a little Welsh-ish, but, you know, Scottish, Welsh, whatever. So then you've got, like, this thing going on where you put all the pieces together. And you're <laughs> like, listen, we'll go over there later. You know, and then it, start, it's, 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 it starts to sound yeah. more like the pieces yeah. right. of what you want, you know, and then, and then it's just practice, 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 practice. And then there's a third or not third and probably fifth, uh, piece to it, which is what's my voice doing that day? Because yeah, day as, a, day. as a, it's day to day, like um, sometimes in the afternoon, like today, my voice is more in tune for like the airier stuff or whatever, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Some days I'll tell my agent, don't book me for a low thing in the afternoon mm. because I'm not sure if I'll be low in the afternoon. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Trying to turn gears. It's fascinating. Yeah. And then mm. it's also like their attitude, their general attitude, you know. So like if it were um, somebody like uh, 
Alan Rickman or something. And he's got an accent. He's kind of got the slower paced speaking and stuff. I'm going to take a quick sip of water. Yeah. Can hear the dry. Can hear the mouth clicks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the slower speaking. But then, you know, I have to get right up on the mic and it's kind of like, I'm looking for Harry Potter. You know, he's (laughs) sort of annoyed with everything here. I'm hoping you won't take too long. You know, like he's, he's kind of got this <laughs> wow. sort of thing taking going your time on, with you know. it. So, it, yeah. A question I have because I come from the voiceover world is how long does it take you to know that you've at least got the sense of that character where you're not going to panic about going in on the mic and doing that voice? How long would you say you spend with that specific character or person? Um, until the second I've finished saying the lines on the mic. (laughs) (laughs) It's nerve-wracking. That Of all the different pieces of voice acting, voice matching is really nerve-wracking. And I'm the first to tell my agent or whoever is asking me if I can do a character that I can't. Because if if it's Paul Reiser or somebody in my vocal whatever doesn't match their vocal print, then I can try all I want. And I can get close. And if I do it as a caricature, sort of like an an impression, a fictional version, they'd go, oh, yeah, that sounds just like Paul Reiser. But it doesn't sound like. In your mind, you're going wrong. I'm like, that (laughs) that doesn't sound like Paul Reiser. You know, it's it's an accent that reminds you of Paul Reiser, Mm -hmm. but it's not Paul Reiser. Evocation. Yeah. (laughs) Paul Reiser. You know what's really funny is I I got hired to do uh, Poe Dameron in in, uh, Lego. uh, Rise of the Resistance or one of those Lego Mm -hmm. movie things. And... um, it was before um, the, the last Jedi. It was before the no. It was before the Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Yeah, before Whoa. Force Awakens, and there was no footage. There was no audio. There was nothing they could oh, give me, wow. and they didn't even know how to pronounce his name. Oh no! <laughs> so I'm like, is like, it like Oscar? They didn't know no, Poe Dameron. No, Poe Dameron. Oh, yeah, just Poe they Dameron. were saying. Yeah. They were saying like when I got to the session, they were like, okay, you're doing Poe Dameron. And I'm like, Dameron, okay. I said, isn't it Cameron? Like Dameron? Like Cameron? Cameron. Spelled the same. Isn't it like that? And they're like, no, we're pretty sure it's Dameron. And I was like, okay. And I'm like. More Star Wars-y sounding. What do you want it to sound like? And and they had one clip that was just like, we'll take that. Or it was something like it was <laughs> tiny, and I was like, I just have the one little micro clip. What can we do for that? And they're like, Well, look, just kind of make it like Han Solo. He's kind of rugged. He's like the Han Solo of the new movie. So I was like, Okay, kid. You know, like I had like, this, <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of more like that. Corey's and dying then, over there. And, and they're like, Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. He's kind of a scoundrelly kind of guy. And they didn't even know because they hadn't oh. seen. No him. idea. They had no idea. Wow. And so um, I did that. I did the whole episode or whatever and i'm poe dameron i'm here to rescue you i'm poe dameron you know and i'm like <laughs> and i watched it and i was like after the movie came out i'm like oh god <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. someone should have told like him it's like him. hey you gotta be like this lego version yeah that's right. what it should have been <laughs> right right yeah right tom but I'm just <laughs> a, a little bit of uh trivia is uh when when i started doing uh resistance the as major von reg yeah i was also cast as poe dameron mm-hmm. And uh, Oscar Isaac had turned down the part, and I guess his nephew or niece or somebody—I'm not sure on the story—but someone had convinced him as a kid, had had convinced him to take it after we had recorded 14 episodes. Wow! Oh wow! So, but then I was able to understand what he sounded like, and it's funny because 
you know, a lot of times you'll come up with like a, a phrase to like get you into the oh, pocket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like for neocortex, oh yes, cortex here. You know, like I'll do that yes. before I start doing cortex here. What do you want me to read? You know, like, <laughs> but for Poe Dameron, it was from the movie where he's like, I'll come back for you. That was what I said. And all of a sudden I could talk like him, you know, and it was like, I wow. had to say, I'll there come back for you. So like before every line, I'd go, I'll come back for you. To get my mouth. And then I could talk lower and right. just regular like him. And I could have the right amount of voice, you know, and that sort of wow. thing. And then, but it was a, it was kind of a running gag at the sessions because it would create a laugh every time, you know, right. I'll come back for you. Okay. Well, I'm ready. You know? <laughs> What's your, what was your line for Sano? For Sano, um, I don't know that I had a line because it was based loosely not upon my own voice. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Was I wasn't trying to match it's something. It's pretty close it was to really, your, yeah. To it's your, really close. Your yeah. Sano, I got. It. All right, Missy. I know. I, I said Missy a lot in uh -huh. that show. That's yep, it. you and then did. It was like, don't take my picture. You know, that was one of those. There it is, Corey. <laughs> See, Corey, now. Corey's just like clapping and smiling. How does the steam engine work? You know? This is actually a, a perfect uh, segue, segue into the next part of the show, and we get okay. to talk a little bit about something that. Lex is a nerd about, and that is Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> um, specifically, Indeed. we're talking about New Hope, right? Yeah. New Hope is where it all started. You yeah. Know? It's the, uh, the beginning. That's the magic. So, what's that feeling now that you're voicing Star Wars stuff? How does that? Again, you know, like that super nerd Pinch freak dreaming. out. You know, like I've been stormtroopers in the last three movies. Yeah. You know? oh. So. That's been super cool when they're like, you're working today in a loop group. And it's like, what's it for? It's for The Last Jedi. Oh, okay, cool. And then they're like, here, there's a stormtrooper here. He's shuffling some people. Like we, were, I did Solo. Um, you know, I did Solo, Rogue One, and Last Jedi. Nice. And in Solo, there's a scene where Han is, you know, in the spaceport. And just before he gets separated from his girlfriend. Yep. And there's stormtroopers. There's a lot of action in the spaceport. And people are getting, you know, tasered and things. And there's a stormtrooper that's, moving people along like finding mm -hmm. it and so i was like move along move along yeah and we improvised we had four or five guys that each improvised that little it was me steve bloom yuri lowenthal Whoa. and uh david collins and nice. sam Whitwer were the five of wow. us wow yeah and so we we're all the stormtroopers in like the last several movies and everybody takes a shot at each of the little incidentals they call it and then when we're watching the movie back you know at the premiere Yuri is sitting right in front of me, and it's like that part. Move along, move along. And he turns around. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah it was you." <laughs> and, then, and then Steve and Yuri are talking above Chewbacca when uh, Han gets thrown into the pit with Chewbacca, and they're oh. making bets on yep. you know that stuff. So that's Steve and Yuri. And oh, um, cool. Now but like, go back that and kind of thing is like totally geeking out. Like we're all geeking out. We're all super happy to be there. That's it's crazy. Like, right. That's, that that's came cool. from a new hope. So wait, yeah. canonically, you're the first one to have said that. It's, that's what, yes, exactly. <laughs> Time yeah. And the timeline, I said it first. That's right. <laughs> that's a good it's point. It's funny to think Lex that said it's it like first. Neocortex and Spike Spiegel are... Uh, move along. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> that's what yeah. we need. Um, that's what we wanted. So, so yeah, New Hope. So yeah, we, so, we so New Hope. You brought us up as one of your favorite movies. Why? Where? When did you watch it? How did this come into your life? So I saw you know in '77. Uh, I'm I'm a pretty old dude. You know I, I turned 53 this year, and uh, I was like 12 when the movie came mm -hmm. out, and it was the biggest thing that ever hit the theaters until that point. Um, you mentioned Blockbuster, which is that podcast I'm in. 
Um, I played Harrison Ford in that, and uh, also Tommy Lee Jones and, oh. and Christopher Walken. If, you li- if, you li- <laughs> if you've listened to it, actually, you can I'm hear. the entire cast. Yeah. yeah, I'm the entire cast of that show. Um, no, but I I did a bunch of stuff in that. But uh, to go back again, um, when it came out, it was ridiculous. There were lines around the block to get in. My brother had taken me, and it was just like I left there going that was the best movie ever in the whole world. <laughs> you know, a 12-year-old was just like, that bad guy, you know, Darth Vader. I was yeah. like, he was so amazing and so bad, and and it was ridiculous. <laughs> and 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 so I, I immediately started collecting, like, the little collector's cards and the mm-hmm. Topps cards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, like yeah. And so I collected the whole, the, the very first Topps series that came out were the blue cards. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they went to green or red, and red and green red. were, like, the next two, and yellow. Mm-hmm. The 90s, so right. those were the the ones that they had back in the 70s and I collected all of them and I still have all of them wow and, Holy shit. and um I collected <laughs> I got the program from the movie so that one I still have too it's beaten program. up because I program, was a program from the movie yeah the first month it came Wild. out there was back actual, in the day guys it was an actual program for Star Wars that's that so cool. told about the, the history of backstory. backstory that's awesome stuff so I have that still too and um what's a real thrill is like here we are you know 2019 and I have Major Von Reg has his own Tops card. <gasps> oh, that's like cool. Signature series. So do like you have it? Circle. I do. Okay, I, I was going to say you should have it. There's also a Masterworks collection. Did you get it autographed? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I autographed about a, you know a thousand of them recently and wow. uh, sent them back to Tops for wow. them to. Oh, cool. That is so cool. With. But um, so I, I really loved the movie then, uh, you know. And then it was a few years, several years passed. I didn't really like ultra geek out on it until they re-released it before mm. Empire Strikes Back came out. Mm-hmm. They did a re-release and I think it was 1980 or 79 and that or was something. almost renamed okay. as New Hope, right? Uh, I don't know if it was renamed a New Hope at that point yet. I, okay. That's a good question. You might know that. Those are little tidbits I don't really know. But at the time I was working at a movie theater at this uh, place called the UA5 in <laughs> Scottsdale, Arizona and um, as an usher and the boss that was there knew that I loved Star Wars because, you know, I was totally geeking out that it was coming there. And he said, hey, look, man, anytime you want to come in and watch it when you're not working, you can come in. And I go, can I bring a couple of my friends too? And they're like, yeah, sure. So so for the entire summer. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I knew was coming next. Every day that I wasn't working, and I was usually just working on weekends, every single day, we would take a, an ice chest and fill it with food and beverages oh, and roll gosh. the ice chest in right in the middle of the theater and start at 11 a.m. Wow. and watch every single showing until it dumped out at 11 at night or 11.30 at night. Wow. And so I saw it about 130 times. Wow. It's a tailgate right here. Yeah. yeah. So I saw it 130 times. And at one point in high school, I knew the entire movie verbatim including a lot of the music cues like mm-hmm. and yeah. as, a, as a drama extra credit thing i did half an hour of the movie Whoa. as a monologue type thing wow you know? so one man show. that's cool my wife's like you should do that again like do it at comic cons and stuff like go do the movie where like you're doing all the music cues and all this and that you know we get a lot of that would yeah. be amazing that yeah. out of that. it's like do you have a do you have a, a plastic waste basket in here anywhere no. Oh no, I don't. No, <laughs> oh, basket. Man. Yeah, I that's basket. it. <laughs> a basket. Oh no, that won't work. How about a cup? You have a cup. Resonance? Is that yeah, what you're looking for? for we, got yeah, a mug. Mug. we got a red solo yeah, yeah, cup. Yeah, that's a, yeah, solo. That was uh, 
that was the code name for Solo. It was called Red Cup. Really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's Makes hilarious. Sense. That's but I always make a, a little joke with people. I'm like, yeah, you can be talking in a normal, normal high voice. And as soon as you put the cup up to your face, it's like, don't act so surprised, your highness. Oh. You weren't acting on any mercy mission this time. Sent, where are the transmissions that were beamed to this ship? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Impressive. And, uh, it's not go. a great impression, cup. but it's it's it really is uh, when you it's a good have party a, trick. It's a, it's a great party trick, especially with like a wastebasket. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's got oh a lot of resonance God. to it. Like, that didn't have much resonance. A lot of bottom end on the end. It's got that, yeah. you know, that happens yeah, yeah. with it. So, um, so yeah, I watched that a zillion times, and then you know, always guessing as to, you know, what's next, what's going to happen next. And then Empire came out, and then it was like. Sadness. You know, sadness. No, I loved Empire Strikes Back yeah. too. I thought that was, you know, one of the best cliffhanger movies oh, yeah. that's ever been. And then um, Return of the Jedi, you know, that was like I was in college, I think, by the time that came out. And um, that was really fun because we waited overnight to see it at this big theater in Scottsdale. And about two minutes before the film um, started the night before for press, like they had a press showing, we were already in line, like third in line. And uh, this guy pops his head out of the um, theater. And it turns out there was this kid at my school, uh, African-American kid. And there weren't many African-American kids at my school in Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, there were like three or four of them. But he was being picked on one time. Mm. Oh. And I sort of came to his defense. And I was like, you know, you want to get to him, you're going to have to get through me. And I, I was just bullshitting, of course, because, right. you know, I was you're being not, Batman. That, not that tough. You know? <laughs> but I was like, yeah, you want to now you're fighting both of us, you know, and they kind of backed down. Nice. And um, I never saw the kid after that. But th th that night, he pops his head out of the theater and he was working as an usher there. And he goes, hey, Walter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, do you want to see this now with the press? Whoa. And I was like, oh, I'm like, yes, I do. And I go, can my three friends come in too? They're like, no, there's only one seat I see right now, and I can put you in it right now if you come in. And I was like, sorry, guys. <laughs> you got it. And then uh, I went would in understand. And they it's understood. True, it's and, true. I, and I came back out and I waited in line overnight uh -huh. for the next morning show. Nice. You know, and there you go. Uh, we still had a great time. Peeing your pants all night, going, yeah. I wish I could talk. About I wish it. I could <laughs> tell you what's gonna happen here. My favorite part. Yeah. What? Oh wait. Oh, you still think that? Oh, that's cute. <laughs> and you know, I think you know. It was also. I love the original cast. You know, the the first trilogy cast. Um, there were some big holes in it as a as a, a Star Wars super fan. Mm -hmm. You know, like when the Ewok sort of had them strung up on the on the uh, I don't know what you call them the big posts. They yeah, were they're gonna cook, the right, cook yeah. them and stuff. And then Luke is you know like. 3PO, tell them that we're gods or whatever, or tell them whatever yeah. will release us. And I was like, well, can't you just untie the knots with the force or whatever? Like, yeah. can't you just do... <laughs> but he was also at that point just Mr. like, I know everything. I'm a Jedi master. I'm going to save yeah. my dad. And he didn't get any more training necessarily from anyone. That's he just kind of came back and he was more of a badass. Yeah. You know? I was like, and so, so yes. there were like, those were the kind of holes, you know. I think we mentioned that we were talking about like yeah. between two, uh, two Some and Yoda, three. I guess. There yeah. was like, Pew pew! Now no, I'm a badass. His like right. demeanor changed. He had a well, black suit on. There's the deleted, there's the deleted scene like, where he builds yeah. his lightsaber. Where did that happen? So like, you know? It's all off-screen development. So and I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing some of that development. With, with New Hope, who would you say your favorite character is in that? Favorite character? New Hope specifically. Not knowing any of the arcs, all that kind of stuff. I don't um, want to go to the Tasha scene. <laughs> uh, 
I'd have to say that it, it's kind of the team of mm, Han and gotcha. Chewie. Yes. Oh. Mm. Very good. You know, mm-hmm. those are my, I always got the most satisfaction out of watching those guys. You know? So how did Seven feel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt sad. Yeah. It hurt. Chewie's uh, my guy. Hurt. Yeah, Chewie's my guy. I, lo- I love Chewie. He's super awesome. How can you not? Um, you know what I want? I, there's a scene in, I think it's in Return of the Jedi, where the Emperor, it like, I'm trying to remember if it's after he's doing his electrical hands thing. <laughs> um, but he turns and he like talks to a couple of these dudes that are purple. I don't know if you remember this or uh. not. There are these two guys that he like, he, he, you know, consults with at some point. Like he turns away from doing this stuff and he, he walks over to these two guys that are purple that you've never seen before and you never see, see again. again. It's like, who are those guys? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, I, I always wondered that. And it's funny because there's a, there's, I don't know if it's a, it's a YouTube show called Everything Wrong With. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinema yeah. Sins? Cinema Sins, yeah. Everything yeah. Wrong With. He also mentions it in Cinema Sins. He's like, who are these two purple guys? And why have we never <laughs> seen them before or never see never them Never seen them again. They'll be um, in nine. They'll be in nine. That's what it is. The purple elite. Yes. Whatever. The mafia. The, yeah. Star Wars mafia? Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. The Legion of Lavender. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, I feel like they're a little bit, they look kind of like him a little bit. Uh, I'm showing an image. But yeah, they're just like two oh. dudes. Yeah, How'd you find that so fast? Uh, my Tom is a wizard. Quick. Did you just Google Star Wars I literally purple typed guys? In, this is what the, uh, in my Google search, Emperor Return of the Jedi purple. That's fantastic. And then there's one of these boys. So who are they? What does it say they are? Uh, I don't know. Let me see. The- That's interesting, though, because that I should implies- have Googled that before oh. I came. Because Sim Alu was a human male who served as an advisor to the Emperor Sheev Palpatine, the sole ruler of the em- Galactic Empire during the Galactic Civil War. An advisor. That- yeah. But to me, but like he's in that two makes minutes they, or less. He's in two seconds. It's like it's <laughs> literally he turns to him and he walks over and, and that's it. And they in never the, come back. the weird thing is like when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, I feel like they would look like the Trade Federation people from the from the previous or from the prequels, but then they don't look anything at all. So it's like they should have made so those Trade Federation. You said there were two though, right? Yeah, there were two. There was just one. Does that kind of imply that that's Palpatine's like race? Well, he but might then, be like, human. oh, look at that. They're having, then, they have well, like a human. NWA picture. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> they have the whole crew. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're just hanging out. Those guys are probably at every Comic Con signing those those prints. That too. print. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, that's, yeah, I, I that was totally a good attention that. to detail, man. I totally yeah. forgot. Yeah. About I, that. I totally forgot. But then maybe that was one of those, like, I want, I want more. Well, of no, this. that was one of those things when I saw it. I was like, who are those guys? They're never coming And they're gone. They never came back in the prequels or anything. And then the movie ended. Well, so it's funny. I, we were talking. We did the Phantom Menace episode. We had an episode for that because the 20th anniversary happened this year. And I was telling him, so I was, I'm the youngest one in the, in the room. Um, I had no idea who Sheev Palpatine was. And oh. so watching Phantom Menace and then the Attack of the Cl- uh, Attack of the Clones and then Remember the Sith, I was like, oh, he's the Emperor. Oh yeah. Right, and then right. everyone in the world's like, no, we all knew. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, oh, the actor came back. We all saw that. It's like I did not know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did not I know did what not to expect. Of the uninitiated. So it worked on me. I was the only audience member that knew that. <laughs> out of Palpatine. Out yeah. of curiosity, being uh, such a big Star Wars fan, like OG Star Wars, how do you feel about the? Like the the prequels and then the, our new, new seven eight nine like, well, um, if we're talking chronologically or you know one two and three are the prequels and mm-hmm. four five six are the main yeah. and then seven eight nine the Skywalker um, saga, yeah. Um, one was extremely disappointing to me. Okay, um, I you know it's weird because um, my wife Sandy oddly enough 
dated George Lucas for wow. <laughs> about six months. What a know, twist. 20 years before. You got to start know, the episode you know. with that. Come <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And so um, when that was coming out, we got a call from, we, we got an answering uh, uh, phone message, again, answering machines, mm. that mm-hmm. was like, uh, oh, hey, Sandy, it's George. Uh, I have a movie coming out. Uh, uh, well, you know what? I'll have my assistant call you. And then things up and the next message is hi this is jane over at lucasfilm and uh uh, george would like to invite you and a guest to the screening of his movie at fox uh in two weeks and and it was like i was thinking these are people fucking with us aren't they these are people (laughs) (laughs) these are jokes and then she's like no i dated him for a while and you know i'm sorry and you're like you (laughs) leave with that you You start this this. (laughs) (laughs) and uh but yeah we went to the premiere and so um uh, what's his name? James Cameron was sitting in the seat next to me. What's his oh. name? Oh. <laughs> Mr. Billions. So, so he's sitting in the seat next to me and the film ends and he's like, mm. oh. Oh. it was all right. But yeah. what movie does James Cameron not do that with? Yeah. I don't know. They're all his, all his movies are pretty damn good. So yep. it's hard to think that his movies, those movie. are the ones he doesn't yeah. do that with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Like, but he shouldn't do them with his movies. Cause I, they're pretty, pretty awesome movies. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought like the whole Senate, I, we, we don't need to see C-SPAN, Star Wars style. For, <laughs> right. For right. 40 minutes at the beginning, know? you know, it's like, okay, just say what happened. We don't need to see that. And and it was, you know, trying to buy the idea of Anakin and, and Amidala mm-hmm. having some kind of relationship. When he's like nine when he's years nine, old. Right. She's 14. You know, mama. Edamame. Oh, Edamame, yeah. <laughs> Princess Amidala, right? Amidala. Yeah. yeah. They did the whole switcheroo, Kira Knightley, and. Uh, yeah. Knightley. Yeah. And then, you know, in the second film, him growing up all of a sudden, you know, he's like her same age looking suddenly. High school's right, a hell of a thing. She's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> puberty, all. baby. Summer vacation does things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those were little things that I was like, God, I wish they had figured that out before yeah. they shot it. Like, they picked too young of a child for her to have this love interest with later because they knew there was going to be a trilogy you know it wasn't uh-huh. like yeah they'll eventually fall in love you know right now she's changing his diapers you know yeah. like, <laughs> do you think george is trying creepy. to say something or maybe like she that? should have been a little younger and then natalie portman comes in on the yeah. well i think they wanted yeah, that, that star been... power they were like yeah, make him like man. kid friends we that need the been... professional yeah kid friends yeah yeah, yeah. 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 More yeah more childhood friends together. yeah i think i would have made him you know 14 or something mm-hmm. to how she looked you know he just looked too young um, wasn't there this article like online that was explaining that it was kind of like um actually they're in space and so he's not really nine oh, he's actually boy, more like 19 no, like <laughs> no i, I hate that i don't buy it <laughs> I hate that yeah. argument. well when they say hell in the in the universe i think you know, yeah, 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 break. yeah. Well, right right Exactly. Um, so that one, you know, again, I went to the premiere of it with all Carrie Fisher was behind me three rows and five uh, seats over. So I was like, oh. Did your wife date her too? What happened? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> How is she there? You know, so there were like you know, a lot of cool things. Um, and then the, the episode three, in my opinion, of the first trilogy was the best one. Absolutely. You know, Duel of Fates. I thought, yeah. One of the best absolutely. lightsaber fights of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and then when we one. come to episode seven, I really liked it because it was coming back again, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like right. some of the original cast is back in it again. And like, so, you know, was it a great movie? 
it, it was a good movie, but only, be, only because I'm a Star Wars fan. You know, I, I say to anybody who, who is a Star Wars fan, it's a fun ride. You know, they're based mm -hmm. on these Buck Rogers serials and things. Yeah. You know, if you're taking it too seriously, then you're going to spoil it for yourself. Losing the fun. You're losing the fun. You have to take you lost know, the, the plot. You have to have a lot of suspension of disbelief in order to really ride that Star Wars ride. Patrick Willemley says, remember, there are movies about space wizards. Let's, <laughs> right, not, yeah. let's not forget that. For yeah. children. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for children, you know, and adults enjoy them along the way. Yeah. You know? And then this, the one that's coming out. Uh, Rise. Rise now. of Skywalker. Yeah, Rise. Um, they haven't done post-production yet, so mm. I've got my fingers crossed. There you go. Yeah. As something in that. Um but I'm super excited, you know, I want to see how this resolves and I want to see, you know, where the stories go and see if the producers can maintain some semblance of, yeah. you know, dignity. I'm waiting for the Ewoks. Right. <laughs> the Ewoks. They're back. Yes. We're back from our Christmas special. Right. That was hilarious. Yep, that was Swinging in. Awesome, um, man. That's awesome. Michael, yeah, I kind of so wanted to ask another like voice question, but I yeah, want to still ahead. stay in Star Wars. Okay. To blend the two, I was going to say it's like if you can take three, kind of like a trilogy of Han Solo, yeah. Luke, and Leia, of characters you voiced and put them into a Star Wars escapade, who into would they be? Oh, escapade. what three characters he voiced would he like to see go on an adventure yeah. together? In like a Star Wars fashion. In a Star Wars fashion. I mean, any characters of any of all time that I've voiced? Yep. Or yeah, just like, anything. You play with. Let's see. Oh, wow. I like that question. That'd be. I try oh. to go crazy with the questions. I mean, it depends if it's going to be a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> choose your adventure. You know, choose your adventure. Well, you know, like. Kill Jaden from World of Warcraft. Yes. With Dr. Cortex. Oh. <laughs> and maybe Han Solo or Batman or one of those. That'd ones. be great. Nice. Those three together would be pretty hilarious. Especially those of you who Cortex don't know who Kill Jaden is, he's about a 20 foot tall red horseman. Oh, uh, wow. Thing. Demon. He's, he's a super so, demon. He's yeah. like this, you know. Fire Lord. It's of one of the most crazy. powerful enemies in the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> Corey's like, it's no big deal, but it's kind of amazing. Yeah, Huge. yeah. It's, it's really amazing. And, um, yeah, so those are three. Um, I like that combination. I would well, like to see, you know, if I could do any sort of story, I would love to play the part of Han Solo again for an animated series that was just all Han Solo, like the Han yeah. Solo series. What, when, when does this take place? After the events of Solo? Before no, the I would, events? Bef well, after the events of Solo the movie. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. after the events, but before New Hope, like in his oh, okay. ah, yeah, formative in his years, in yeah. his prime, you know, when he's smuggling spice and doing all yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Great stuff, you know. That would be cool. Just got that I can't believe they haven't done that the yet. Run. Yeah, he's got yeah. the confidence going on. What did you think of the solo movie? Again, I thought it was a super fun ride because yeah. I love Han Solo. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah. you know, he's one of my favorite characters. I thought... Uh, um, I had a blast from start to finish with that film. I did too. It's just a fun, just, it's a, fun it's a film. Fun, it's a really fun ride. But, a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought the actor who played Han Solo was great. Yeah. You know. yeah. I got the young that. Lando too in there. The young Lando, it. yeah. Mm -hmm. So Speaking of Lando, you know, it's funny. I was in Staples, and uh, uh, I get a tap on the shoulder, oh. And, oh, no. and I hear, can you tell me what is the uh, printers are? And I was like, oh, is that Lando? Oh. And I, like, I, I oh turned around, God. and it was Billy D. Williams. Billy D. The Billy D. Yeah, I think he said where the print cartridges are. I go, can you tell me where the print cartridges are? And I was like, Holy shit, that sounds like Lando. And I you just around turn around and went, da! But so that was a thrill to meet him. Wow. I feel yeah, like I Star Wars has been 
sprinkled out through through your whole life. It has. It's been a little North Star kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see also like the origin stories of Major Von Reg. You know, Mm. he came in. Mm -hmm. Have you seen uh, Resistance? Anybody? Pieces of it, yeah. So he's like this, you know, intimidating character throughout the whole first season. And, And at the climax of the finale of season one, he gets killed. Yeah. Or his ship blows up. I like to say hashtag Von Reg lives. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always, show me the body. Show me the body. Show me the body. That's our slogan here. Mace yeah. Wind is still alive. That, yeah. <laughs> show me the I mean, you know, if you can be cut in half and fall down a giant pit and you're still alive, then yeah. anything uh, can man, happen. Anything, anything possible, is, yeah. Yeah. He, he could have ejected just in the right moment or survived, you know, landed in the water and floated over to another area. And, mm-hmm. You know, so Luke's I hands would, out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Clone Wars. The enemy series back. Is coming He's just back, with the Adams so I mean, like, family anything, for now. It's, it's yeah. gonna take a while. Yeah, but his origin story would be cool because, like, he's this integral part of like the bad contingency there or contingents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh He's like the the one of the main bad guys of this whole series. That every time he's like, hey, oh, you know, Von Reg's coming in after you, you know, so. Like, how did he get there? Little Vader esque, right. you know? Yeah. There's no, like, yeah, so you don't have, maybe he's no. younger, he falls in love with a girl who's a little older than him. Maybe. But not a kid, though. He's <laughs> what not eight made years him old. the way he is? There's yeah, Sander. what made him the way he is? Yeah. And like, why is he like, you know, this, this, he's like the Red Baron. What's his name? Dave Filoni has said that, like, he, they always wanted to have like a Red Baron kind of character. Yeah. And that's why he's red and that's why his interceptor is red. And, you know, it's like, what Don't made design. the Red Baron the Red Baron? You could have some great, yeah, some sort of like anti-hero yeah. type of yeah. serial. Like that could be cool, really great. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who if you're listening, to? make yeah. it happen. If you're listening, please. We want the origin we're in. story. John of Favreau, apparently, right now. John. <laughs> John, yeah. we're talking to you, John. Are you excited about Mandalorian? I am. Yeah, I was like, that That should be cool. I'm yeah. very excited. Do they I'm say excited. where it takes place, when it takes place? I think it's between three and four. Between three and four? It's like the magic time that we all want to live in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would like that. Yeah. I, I'm doing more on-camera stuff these days too, and so I want to. I'd like. I'd like to do uh, some cameos in that, mm. even if it's just as a, a Mandalorian that's you know standing next to somebody that says one or two lines. Move along, move along. Yeah. What, all, <laughs> what all are you doing on camera right now? Well, I just did Famish for those of you. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool, and yeah. it's funny because even though I played myself mm-hmm. it was a char- it was kind of a character version of myself because i would never you know threaten somebody's life or mm-hmm. you know, war grame on somebody war grame on somebody's ass <laughs> right <laughs> of course <laughs> of course i wish so you would just, though but <laughs> yeah yeah and then um there's another thing called disconnected that i it was a 48 hour film festival that happened mm, last year you should cool. look it up it's really fun i play this uh i play this troll uh that's under a bridge that uh, ends up, there's kind of a fun twist to it. And they did a really good job with it. And um, the, the filmmakers did. And I'm also playing opposed to uh, Richard Epcard. You know who he is? Oh, yeah, Richard yeah, Epcard? yeah. Really great, prolific voice actor. He's done 500 shows. Million over things. Years. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a good friend of mine. And uh, we got to play together, which was really, really fun. Always a blast. Yeah, super t- fun. So if anyone out there is doing any films or anything like that, I'm up for auditioning. I got a question real yes. quick. 48-hour film festival last year. Was this the L.A. one? Uh, it was the L.A. one, yeah. What team were you on? He was in it, too. Which which show did you have? Uh, I, I was almost only a writer, but oh, uh, writer. the name could have changed by that point. It was HT, HCT Media. Okay. Because uh, I was like... Half Cut heck? T, I think, is what okay. that sounds like. <laughs> no, because I... I mean, how, how was your experience with the 48-hour film festival? 
we had a blast. Like I, I had a great time doing it. I was in like prosthetics and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like my character was really fun. And then, um, we went to the premieres, which were downtown. And then, um, I was traveling for the second set cause they made it past the first run nice. or whatever. Oh, and, nice. Uh, but I hear it was, you know, it was at Grauman's, I think. It, it, the oh, okay, Chinese cool. theater was the nice. second oh, nice. time they showed it. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, how about you? What was your experience like? Uh, I've done it for multiple years. I'm from Sacramento originally, and then I've done it there, and I've done one here. And the only reason I usually kind of do it is like try to like meet new people and work yeah. at that fast pace because it's uh, you, Josh. You talked about you and Bonnie um, doing like theater over the course of three days. Oh yeah, twenty four hours tough. madness. Yeah, uh, and it's fun. And the, the I think the restrictions of writing something. I usually write and direct. Okay. So not not an acting bone in my body, uh, but then like trying to find like you have to say this line, you have to be in this genre, and it has to you know like right. the character has to have this prop in their hand doing this. And it's like, all right, let's figure it all out. Right. And I think that's like the creative like you know primordial soup of I like know. trying to figure out, like how are we going to do this and is it going to be good? There had to be a ball. Yeah. There had to be. Um, is this the same one where you had to have a ball? You I'm not to, sure. Okay, um, you had to say it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there would be a ninja or a fight scene or something like that. Some or? Fights, yeah. Um, well, no, we, you could do a fight scene, a musical, or fantasy. I think okay. was the choices. Right. And then um, there was like a, a character name. There was a character name. And it was like something party. She party, was a, she was like a, a party planner. A planner. Yeah, 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 party, party planner. planner. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> you're yeah. getting an extra kick out of watching this. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's see how he did it. I was going to say, it's like, all right, let's build this repertoire. We'll have to watch awesome. it after we finish today. There's awesome. one happening right now. Is there? As we're recording. Yeah. yeah. Is it LA again? Is, Is it LA? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I wonder if they're doing it. Came again. up quick. Don't worry, we'll do our own nerd on film. Let's, let's yeah, do yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm about it. Next year, y'all. We'll get involved, too. Quick correction. Mandalorian yeah. set after six. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Uh, the Fallen Order game is set after three. Oh, okay. oh. nice. That'll be it's after six. Fallen Order game. Five and six. Oh, so it's after. <laughs> it's after this trilogy. After the trilogy. So Mandalorian. Whoa, 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 whoa. So the Mandalorians are gonna come back to life. Was was, was gonna happen after after return. Before oh, six. six. My brain. I'm like after, after before uh before Force Awakens. 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 No, sorry. <laughs> I assume. <laughs> or maybe it's parallel. where it's it's where? three episodes of him coming out of the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> it's like I'm still alive. Show me the body. I'm still alive. <laughs> oh my god. Lex, thank you so much for being on our show. Oh we really god, this it was, was a so blast. Much fun. It went by yeah. so fast. Um what, what where can our our audience follow you, find you, all that good stuff like on social media? The red carpet. Um at Lex Lang on Instagram. Okay. Nice. At Lex Lang on Twitter. And I think it's just Lex Lang World on Facebook. Sweet. But Instagram is my preferred. I, I'm, I'm trying to, to get a, a larger following on Instagram. Okay. So if you're we'll make sure to link those. If you're yeah. interested in, in like anything I'm doing, because I'm starting to post more of like at sessions, at studios, and things like that. Nice. Uh, nice. And you also have your companies that you started, correct? I have a few companies. Yeah. If you're feeling in the charitable mood, um, you can go to loveplanetfoundation.org. And that is um, a nonprofit organization that Sandy and I started 19 years ago. And we mostly do um, in-school programs for kids um, that teach them about recycling and world water awareness and diversity and... Um, through film? What's that? Through film and television? Through film and... Uh, through media. Yeah, through media. And But um, the in-school stuff, we go in and we actually have like in-school program things wow. that have been developed where they nice. get to kind of participate and... Um, 
definitely check that out. And then what else? Um, I'm drinking some now. It's called H2Ohm Water. H2Ohm. Oh. What is this? Oh. H2Ohm Water. Um, it's a company Sandy and I started about 13 years what? ago. It's a natural spring water company. Sandy and I are both meditation teachers. What? And we oh. we, we trained with this guy named Deepak Chopra, who is yeah, uh, that a sounds very kind of a big deal, kind of very big deal. He's a huge deal. A lot of people don't know about him. You know, they don't know who um, he is. Interestingly enough, I saw you uh, post about uh, Michael Beckwith the other day, and I was like, Michael's awesome I've too. Known him for a while. I love like, Michael yeah, Beckwith. He's he's very cool. Super cool guy. He's inspired. He's like one of those human beings. He's a force that, like, of nature just, to watch. He's a force of nature, and he's an amazing human being like just like what he's brought to the planet through you know his existence is phenomenal mm. but anyway this h2om water uh what we did is we took like the the best natural spring water you can get anywhere it's actually a little northeast of san diego up in the palomar mountains oh, is oh, where nice. the spring is and we put words like love gratitude joy peace prosperity words of affirmation things also. like that uh on the bottle we say think it while you drink it <laughs> and um you know, we ask the question, what intention will you create today? So you create good intentions for yourself, for your world. And, Very nice. you know, that ripples out just like water to mm -hmm. the people around you. Good so, you're awesome. Awesome. Yeah. so you're helping yeah. people that with your child, that in their childhood and their adulthood with meditation yeah. and, wa and water. <laughs> yeah. And then nice. I can be the voice in their childhood. Exactly. And, <laughs> and in, water. in their you know, adulthood, yeah. too. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Adulthood, Star Wars. Awesome. Too. Absolutely. Video games, cartoons, water. Wow. Any projects <laughs> that we can uh, keep an ear on that you can share? Friend EA mm. into a microphone? Yeah. <laughs> Friend EA. I won't tell anybody else this. <laughs> this isn't being recorded, right? Right. This isn't being recorded. Off the air. Well, let's just say that um, there's a there's a very big game mm. approaching that everybody has. It might have been mentioned here earlier. But okay. I, I have some significant yep. parts, parts to it. Move along. it. Um, and then move along. <laughs> 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 and then, um, <laughs> and then um, there's another mobile game for uh, there's another mobile game for an extremely popular um, uh, franchise that I play a character named Soap. So, mm. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Lots so, of googling take after as this. You will. Lots of Go googling. Google and, <laughs> and say he's a cleanser of some kind. No. Um, <laughs> wow. So yeah. So there's that coming, and of course you can always catch me on Curious George. Yep. We're still recording those. Oh, awesome. You'll hear the doorman and his dog Hunley. You know, the, the, he's a nice guy. Um, what network or what streaming service? Uh, I think it's on Hulu now. Hulu. I think yeah. it's on Hulu. It was on PBS for a long time. I just oh. got Hulu. It's perfect. Yeah. Yes, and it's great. It's so much fun. Like I said, going to those sessions, I'm just like. Next time you say Reno, here. you should tell him hi from us. I will. From, yeah, from Nerd on the Podcast. <laughs> it's funny because you know, in my calendar, it popped up that I'm working doing uh, Curious George tomorrow morning. But oh. I, I think, it, you know, what happens is at the beginning of a season, your agent will send you, like, here are the dates for the year. Like, mm -hmm. here are the proposed dates. And most of the time, they'll let you know the weekend, be, the week before, like Thursday, if we're working on Monday. They're like, okay, here's your script, and here's what you're doing. And uh, so I didn't get that this week, but the little thing popped up. You're working Curious George tomorrow, and I'm like... Hmm. So I may end up just going and showing up at the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure I'm supposed to be here or not, but um, here, here I am. am. Here hey. I am. They'll be like, "No, you weren't." You might know you... me. I was on Nerd on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was on the Nerd on podcast last yeah. time talking about things I can't talk about. It hasn't come out yet, but uh, it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
When does this come out? It'll come out on uh, Thursday. All right. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming Thursday. Well, everybody at home, thank you so thank much you, for thank listening. You. Oh, man. Thanks for uh, hanging out. Has it been that we finished? Yeah. yeah. Well, I know. Josh likes to end things up. We, we would love to have you forever, but, you know, we'd have to start We paying. have to let you Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have to let him go home yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I do have to go home. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, everybody at home, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please do share us with your friends, your family, uh, your, your enemies. enemies, if you uh-huh. want to. I mean, it's totally cool. To uh, stop by uh, iTunes. Please rate and review us. But yeah, that kind of stuff helps. If you are new to NerdOn, you can check out our website, nerdon.tv. It has all the information about us, all of our shows, all of our articles, all, links. all of the linky links, mm-hmm. our YouTube. It, there's so much there. But do go check it out. Cool merch. Cool merch. <laughs> uh, but you know the drill. As always, NerdOn! Broadcast.